0: Gentlemen, welcome back to the Gird Up Podcast. Uh, Awesome guest today. His name is Pastor Mike Novotny. You might be familiar with him because he's been doing the Time of Grace and Your Time of Grace and that kind of stuff. Uh, He's also the guy that you will see if you've ever dealt with Conquerors Through Christ, whether online or whatever form. He does a lot of speaking at men's events. He has a church ministry that's very active, that's growing up in Appleton, Wisconsin. He's got some awesome things going on. He's going to talk to you about them. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that you are following us on social media. Go find us. Follow us. Uh, make sure you're up to date on all the things that are going on. Uh, try to keep that stuff up to date and make sure that you are always aware of things happening over here. And if you want to support the podcast, you need to do a little class minute Christmas shopping, go ahead on our Etsy, uh, type in "Gird Up Shop." And you can buy mugs and t-shirts. Maybe in the future there might be more stuff on there. We'll see. If there's a demand for it, we'll get it up there. But if you want to support the podcast, that's the best way to do it. Buy some gear. All the profits go straight back into the podcast, offsetting the the cost of the equipment and the cost of the uh, hosting platforms and all that kind of stuff that we need to make this thing possible. Um, but without any further ado, I to introduce our guest, Pastor Mike Novotny. Again, he's from Time of Grace. He's from Conquers Through Christ. He's from the Core in Appleton, and today we're going to talk about pornography and a healthy sex life and how we treat it as Christian men. Here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to Gird Up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David... Being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the man that God has created us to be. All right, we are with Pastor Mike Navani. Wants to call you Pastor or Mike or what do you want? Us to call oh me? man, probably a lot by? of things. Uh, Mike, <laughs> yeah, Pastor
1: Mike. Mike works for me.
0: All right, sounds good. So, Pastor. Pastor Mike, uh, you are. tell us a little about yourself. So where are you? What are you doing right now?
1: Oh, I'm about to turn 38 years old, so I'm getting to the stage of middle age where life is catching up to me. I'm a pastor in Appleton, Wisconsin, husband of 15 years, father of two daughters. So yeah, life is good. Yeah. That's a pretty short bio, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, but it's good, That's the man. Wikipedia It's good. Version. Well, where'd you grow up? You grew up in this area?
1: Uh, born in Sheboygan, moved to... <laughs> Sheboygan. Yeah. Classic. It really it's is. It's a good Wisconsin <laughs> town. Yeah, when I was two, we moved to Green Bay, so that was really hometown for me. Yeah. Uh, growing up in Green Bay. So you're
0: not too far from home, from home right now. No.
1: Actually, my parents moved to Appleton, so they're a mile and a half from my house. My wife is from Appleton, so we're like a close-knit... Cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you went through... Martin Luther College and Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. Correct? I did, I did. All right, uh, where have you served so far as a pastor?
1: Uh, so in 2007, I was assigned to East Side Lutheran Church in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, so East Side of town. So we loved living in Madison. Yeah. Seven years there, and then four years ago, 2018, got a call here to the Core uh, Church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin. All right. So those have been my two spots, and then just this last year, I got asked to transition in as the new lead speaker for Time of Grace, mm-hmm. which is a media ministry that started in Milwaukee. Awesome. So those have been my three gigs. So I'm still pastor of the core, but kind of dual split in time between local church ministry and the media ministry with Time of Grace.
0: Awesome. And so you've, had, you've also had a couple other, I don't know, side ministries or side projects or whatever it might be. Obviously, so your pastoring is your, your, your calling. Correct. Um, and so, but you've been involved with a lot of other things. You want to talk about some of that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, I am the chairman of a group called Conquerors Through Christ. Uh, which helps people, we say, reject, resist, and recover from the wreckage of pornography uh, to enjoy singleness and godly sexuality. So, yeah, spend a couple hours a week kind of working with our team there, helping people battle porn. Uh, just a huge thing happening in our church and our world. Um, so, it's kind of a personal passion.
0: Yeah, and you just wrote a book on this <clears throat> topic, correct? I
1: did. I did. Yeah, just released this year called From Dirty Ooh. to Dancing. So, shout out to Patrick Swayze. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah That's it's a kind good of name. based on the parable of the prodigal son from Jesus. You know, here's okay. this kid who was spent time with prostitutes, he comes home dirty, and before the end of the day, you know, no works of his own, but all by the grace of his father, he's dancing and celebrating in his forgiveness. So, it's yeah. kind of the premise of the book. Oh,
0: right in the microphone. There you go. Uh, so, um, uh, well, I just, I mean, how does that, uh, what, how do you get into that kind of a ministry? Like, How do you get into that uh yeah subject matter well, i got into officially- because it's taboo i mean even to talk about it you know yeah so where does that start and how does that come from and and let's find out more about yeah it, so
1: conquerors through say. christ the awesome start of the story was there's a woman um who once googled wells pastor porn which i would not recommend to that <laughs> <to laughs> you say <laughs> to the- why to the, to the <laughs> listeners yeah so she was a a woman in the in the well, so Denomination, Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, and she was noticing tons of people, even like church leaders, struggling with pornography, and she was mm-hmm. wondering, were there any pastors in our circles talking about it? So yeah. she a little bit naively put that in, but <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> apparently the first, the first thing that popped up in her Google search was Pastor Mike Novotny. There you <laughs> so go. There I had just done a uh, presentation at a men's conference about pornography, okay. and uh, so her name's Pat. She reached out to me. She brought together some like-minded people, and uh, we started that ministry about uh, six or seven years ago. Cool. So,
0: and that ministry is mainly online, or how, like, what what does that ministry look like? Like, yeah. what forms are you guys operating?
1: in? Yeah, good question. We we started really like doing presentations at churches and schools and at different conferences, and quickly realized like there was such a need uh, across the country for churches and schools. And if we tried to like run around on the side, besides being you know full-time professionals. Like, there just wasn't time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of transitioned. We do a little bit of presentations now, but we really try to equip, kind of our vision is to equip about 1,000 leaders, pastors, teachers, passionate Christian people, so they can bring the message to their churches and schools. And how do you do that? Um, so what, a couple of weeks ago, I was at uh, Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary every year. Uh, awesome open door for me to talk to the students about pornography, the right. struggle, uh, share some of my own experiences, because I, uh, by mm-hmm. the grace of God, escaped an addiction to porn uh, that lasted for many years. So, kind of tell a safe version of my story, yeah, and let them know, absolutely. you know, what are people going through, what are they thinking when they're wrestling well, it's with
0: it's not like, It's not a rare story either. I think there's a lot of us that would tell that story if yeah. we were honest.
1: Yeah, this is <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah, honesty is the big question. But yeah. <laughs> I just know every time I get up to preach, you know, there's going to be not one or two, but dozens, if not yeah, hundreds, of people who've, who've been in that boat.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Be, so besides speaking engagements, is well, how else do you equip? Uh, pastors,
1: yeah, or so, people in general, yeah. So, we're producing a whole bunch of resources. I just this spring I finished my, my doctorate in preaching, and my final project was uh, I call it the, the Conquers Through Christ Training Camp, okay, which is like a pastor's can get together with a bunch of videos and a workbook and really learn how, how do you preach effectively on pornography? How do you create a really safe space that people can confess and you can give them tons of Jesus mm-hmm. and practical steps? So you know, give that to pastors. We're producing resources for parents, working on a catechism curriculum. Uh, We're about to release a four-year flip classroom kind of thing for high school students. Mm -hmm. We've produced a Bible study, accountability guides. So kind of our our deal is in the next few years, we want to produce a ton of resources that every pastor and teacher could be equipped with. Mm -hmm. So when they launch, you know, wherever God sends them, uh, they could be just an effective good force to Proactively fight the, awesome. the pandemic of porn.
0: Cool, and we'll talk about how to get to all that kind of stuff, um, and how to reach your resources yeah. uh, at the end of the, at the end of the episode. Uh, but let, let's talk about porn then. Let's do so, it. So, wh- what is porn? <laughs> and what is pornography? <laughs> it's
1: bad. <laughs> it's bad. That's <laughs> bad. That's well said. Yeah. That's well said. It's well Something that looks good but ends up being really bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just in our world, my, my my wife was saying to me the other day, she was making a recipe with our daughters in the kitchen. And she's on like some like random cooking thing, and just out of the blue, like graphic pictures pop up on the phone while my like eight mm-hmm. nine year old is trying to follow some recipe. Mm-hmm. So you know we just live in a world where everyone who has an internet connection in their pocket on their device like they're, they're gonna come face to face with a whole bunch of porn whether they choose to or not. Mm-hmm. And so you know just knowing this is a real struggle for real people that we can talk about this in our real circles and just bring some real Jesus and grace and forgiveness. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so huge to me. Um, yeah, Jesus dealt with sexual sinners all the time. The Bible yeah. talks about it frequently in its pages. So to have like a church culture where we can't talk about this or we could never approach another brother in the faith or our pastor and like ask for help with the struggle, thats just I think that's culturally imposed. And right, absolutely. It's not
0: absolutely. at all biblical. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things that is so uh, rightfully is so broadly and— Strongly condemned and rightfully so, it Mm. ought to be. Yep, uh, that there's and there's so much shame involved in admitting uh, that that you have sinned and that it is a sin that that has a grip on you that we're terrified to talk about it for sure, you know. Yeah, and and shame is definitely in the devil's toolbox as a weapon to use against us, yes, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we
1: sometimes say silence says it all like if you say nothing about porn in your classroom or in your home, like that speaks volumes, that tells. Mm -hmm. Our kids, our brothers, our fellow church members, like we we don't talk about that stuff here. And when people can't talk about it, they don't get better. So, yeah, Yeah. we try to start conversations, just make it safe. Tons of gospel, tons of brotherly encouragement that, hey, you might struggle with anger, impatience, pride, Mm -hmm. or porn, but as brothers in the faith, we can wrestle with that.
0: Well, and again, another tool of the devil is to make you feel alone, right? Exactly. So if you feel totally alone and you're the only one with this problem, there's nobody that can help you solve it, and you're hopeless. That's it. And that's that's the gospel is hope, man. Yeah.
1: And that was really my story. I mean, I, you know, I was caught up in porn for so many years, and I hated it, and I wept in repentance. How many nights, months, years? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ask me now to recite, like, chunks of 1 Corinthians 6 about sexual sin or Romans 7, doing the stuff you hate, like, it's still in my memory, but that, I I never turned the corner until I came out and I asked for help, and I went to counseling, and, like, started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what you said is spot on. Like, the devil knows if he's got you one-on-one, like, you're out of luck. But if you got yeah. a band of brothers that can fight together with Jesus at the center, like then there's real hope.
0: Absolutely, well said. Um, the other thing I think to understand is that porn, like when you when we start talking about porn, it's not just like hardcore, like watching people have sex on a screen. For sure, like it's it's everything from images, like anything that like arouses lust in you. Yep, you know, and that that is pornography. So whether it's scrolling through your Instagram and you know looking at like it it, it just. It pops up because you don't have to search it out. It does, um, but yeah. any of that stuff that brings you away from what you ought to be, like the people that you ought to be having that relationship with, mm-hmm. and the way you ought to be thinking and treating the subject, anything that brings you away from that biblical template, yep, is is it right there.
1: Totally, anything that would make you blush in front of Jesus. Heck. I mean, there's the standard. There you if, go. If he's with you always. Like, and you feel like you'd have to click out if he suddenly appeared visibly. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's this standard. That's condemning right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's exactly right, though. I, yeah, we all know that feeling, too. Yeah. We all know that feeling, too. Yeah, true. All right. All right, so, uh, in Congress through Christ, you guys talk a lot about the wreckage of porn. Yeah. Uh, so, you want to speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. You know, and so it's such a sensitive balance. You know, we want to, like I said it before, we, we don't want to minimize this. We want to mm-hmm. say that porn kills. And yet we never want to say it, beat that drum so much Mm -hmm. that people feel afraid to come forward and talk about it. So yeah, with that caveat, I mean, to me, the wreckage of porn is, porn is like the perfect and most diabolical replacement for God. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're lonely, you can turn to God or porn. If you're bored, you can turn to God or you can turn to porn. If uh, you're frustrated, you want to get back at the person you're dating. You can turn to God or you can turn to porn. Mm. Um, You know, if there's just nothing going on, if you're lacking community, you can turn to God and his people or you can turn to porn. Except God, you know, never leaves you ashamed or broken in the end, where porn just leaves this trail of wreckage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think about what porn does to your body. I mean, what we've learned just from a neurological perspective has some like pagan people who just have no love for the Bible saying porn is bad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like when the world agrees with the Bible, you know, like this is seriously dangerous stuff. So, yeah, chemically, I mean, especially that modern porn where it's not, you know, you get a magazine every month and you get used to the pictures. But when there's always something new to excite Mm -hmm. your brain, it's sometimes called the Coolidge effect. You ever heard of that before? I haven't talked about it. It's this idea that um, variety is exciting to the human brain. Um, I think it gets its nickname from, uh, apparently, I don't think this is an apocryphal story, but President Coolidge (laughs) way back in the day, he and his wife and his team go and visit this farm. And uh, this farmer's uh, given the tour to... Uh, the president's wife, and he kind of, <laughs> I don't know, apparently tongue-in-cheek, says to this uh, woman, well, you know, here's this this rooster, and he can mate. I mean, he can go on and on and on and on and on for hours and hours and hours. And uh, the first lady <laughs> apparently says to the farmer, well, you should tell Mr. Coolidge that. <laughs> so, yeah, later on the day, here, the farmer's given the same tour, this time the president. And he says, oh, yeah, your wife wanted me to tell you there's this rooster We're going on and on and on and on, to which the president says, with just one hen? And the farmer says, nope. <laughs> yeah. And the president replies, well, you should tell Mrs. Coolidge that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they call us the Coolidge effect where like they do this with rats and stuff. You you put a new partner in and they will yeah. almost mate themselves to exhaustion and death. Yeah. And so the, the brain is wired that we love variety. And so modern mm-hmm. porn, like I said, where you don't have one monthly magazine, but I can always click. There's always a new video. Like there's always something to keep my brain interested. I, I just mm. flood it with so much dopamine that, like, we get addicted wicked fast. Yeah. And so the fact that it's free, it's available, you can Mm. make it anonymous, it's affordable, and it's wickedly addicting, it just, like, gets you so hooked that even guys who love Jesus, like, have such Mm. a hard time saying no to it, Mm -hmm. you know? So physically, it causes wreckage, and I think, relationally, it causes wreckage. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think think how many women have sat in the couch right here in this office and just said, "I I just don't feel beautiful. Why? Why am I not enough for him? And just all of their confidence yeah. in their relationship gets totally—you know—and the guy is often saying, "No, no, no! It's—it's it's not that. It's not that. It's not that." And—and—and and, and even if he's being totally honest about that, that's not how it's interpreted. Mm-hmm. And so, if real sexual intimacy happens when two people feel comfortable and confident, and they don't have to compete with someone else in the bedroom, you know, are you better than this other thing I can have? Yeah,
0: uh, so, you're essentially inviting more people in. Yeah. Why would you want to?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we read the Bible and we're so- shocked at Solomon. 300 wives and yeah. 700 concubines, or was that? some yeah. flipped around. whatever There's a thousand women. And you think about that. In an average year, a guy who's using porn, how many women does he see?
0: Valid point.
1: You know, Solomon is a, he's a Boy Scout compared yeah. to the average guy who's in porn. So, um, yeah, just the the wreckage relationally that that causes. And, and expectation, too. There's just a, I think the University of La Crosse just had a, a long time like porn veteran come and speak on their campus. And she, she was talking about how porn is fictitious and Mm -hmm. how damaging it is when you think in your mind that that's what real sex looks like. Mm. And so if porn is the new sex education, if pastors and teachers like us don't talk about it, like what it it really is, what it really takes to make it work. And if parents are too skittish. And if the average kid sees porn by age 11, you know, and this is their education when they actually meet a real woman. Like how are they going to think that sex works? Wow. Like you just give her a wink or you take off your shirt and suddenly she's firing on all cylinders? Nobody see me with my shirt off, <laughs> 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 You know, and I've just found, after 15 years of marriage, I mean that's that's not what makes sex good. And so porn will just wreck your expectations and you'll be disappointed and you'll think what's wrong with us? Why is this so hard? Are we not compatible? Because all you've been trained with is this fictitious view of sex that's not real. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the wreckage, the spiritual wreckage, the communal wreckage, like I could write pages and pages and I kind of explore that in yeah. the book a little bit. Absolutely. Of, um, man, this is, the devil knows if he can make it look so good because he just leaves a trail of yeah. bodies in behind us.
0: Yeah. Well, and so if that is the this new sex education, you know, like what what ought we be teaching our kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what should that look like then? Yeah. What should sex ed look like?
1: So I I just got done preaching at our church a four week sermon series called Sex Expectations. And uh I think Flever. my my outline was uh you know it's about <laughs> everyone has expectations about sex, yeah. so are yours biblical or not. Uh and the first week was that sex is good. So instead of thinking this is embarrassing or taboo or I never want my kids to know I'm having sex, like I hope I hope the next generation knows That if mom and dad love each other and they're having sex, like that's a good thing. Mm. Then they know to expect Mm -hmm. the the relational component of it. Uh, The second week was that sex is work. Like if media has taught you that sex is easy, because it has to be, because no one wants to watch like a six-hour-long miniseries where a man serves a woman until she's finally comfortable enough, you know, to have (laughs) sex. I mean, we ain't got time for that. We got a twenty-five-minute episode, and we got to get this going, you know. So really, telling people like sex works when you. I love uh, the first description of sex in Genesis 4 and Adam knew his wife Eve like he he knew her yeah and he loved her and he served her Mm -hmm. so when we when I mean that that's why I think we should teach kids when you know a person in a long-term commitment when you said I'm gonna love you no matter what and you prove it like then you're ready to know them in a physical way
0: Yeah, what just popped into my head, and I might be taking a little tangent here. I'm I'm hijacking, (laughs) but uh, so what you just said it reminds me. You know the Braveheart, the movie. Yes, my favorite movie ever. Really? Yes, that's awesome. Okay, so I love the way uh, they approach um when William Wallace is winning his winning his girl. Mm-hmm. I, I love this idea of he rides in, he takes her off into the woods and they you know and, and it's clear that it's o- over a long period of time. Mm. They just go off together and they spend time alone. Mm. And based on the way they film the scene of their wedding night, it's clear that they like this is they, they did it the right way you mm-hmm. know it's clear this is the first time that they're experiencing is experiencing each other this yeah, way yeah. you know i love it and it's this idea of taking her off it's you and me and he knew her you know yeah. and, and the fact that it was they had to like it, it had to be incredibly intimate because not only do you like not only are you you know it's a little taboo with her parents and everything <laughs> but it, it, it's like if anyone find like i have to be able to trust you also yep. that we're not going to give ourselves away and and whatever. But I just love this idea of, and then, um, like it culminating then we have, like we've decided this is like, we've gone through everything Hmm. and we've made this decision that we're going to take this incredible risk and be together. And then, you know, it, it culminates in, you know, now they, now they're married. Hmm. Now they go out and it's just them and God, you know, those two and a priest and they, you know, that's when I, th- I just think it's a good picture of the way it ought to be. Man. Would you agree with that?
1: Another thing to love about Braveheart. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's that's true. Which is just not what we see yeah. in ninety nine out of a hundred depictions right. of sex. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, including in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah it's the not pitfalls. perfect. Movie. <laughs> it's, it's like fried chicken. You know, you right. got to take the good parts. Yeah, that's yeah, the whole thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. One of the ah oh, man, that movie is just good on so many levels. And what's the new one coming out about? Uh, um, uh robert the bruce there's a new movie coming oh, out that's all about that. robert the bruce yeah it's got oh, i think chris pine is the actor okay this looks really good sweet yeah anyway <laughs> i love it yeah but uh i yeah just that healthy I, i'm a single guy yep um and so looking forward to that and saying like it's a good you know it's good reason to keep myself under control yeah you oh. know just looking forward to that and saying this is what i want this is the way i want to present myself Yeah. and then i just add in the podcast on top of the pile you know like yeah I, how can I be genuine and what's that word? Transparent! There we yeah. go. Genuine and transparent. In order to be genuine and transparent, you know, like, you can't you can't hide that in a closet yep. and be transparent and genuine at the same yeah.
1: time. Yeah, and so. uh, that, that was kind of the last two weeks of the series, what you just talked about. The the third week was sex is fiery, so you should expect, like, a fire in a fireplace. Sex mm-hmm. to be inherently good, but it's dangerous, you know. I was yeah. thinking, how many cubic feet is my little suburban house, and how many feet does the fireplace take up yeah you know like one cubit foot compared mm-hmm. to i don't know 1400 square feet that we live in so whatever yeah. cubic that is and so it really explained you know i want the next generation to know here's why god is so stingy and conservative like if you think your heavenly father is trying to rob you from something that's like me telling my girls like i'm a bad dad because i don't let you build a fire in your bedroom <laughs> like yeah so if if all we say is like don't or wait or stop to the young men in our communities like that that's not powerful enough to get n- nobody wants like just a rule without a reason right so i really you know showing them god's wisdom of why there is so much wreckage with taking god's gift to other places and the last week was actually sex is unnecessary so mm. um mm-hmm. i was thinking about the 40 year old virgin that movie back in the day yeah. you know obviously if you yeah. get that far and you're not having sex you something must be wrong with you you must be so repressed mm. when i thought jesus was full of joy in the holy spirit and he never had a date as far as i can tell Yeah. And Paul had learned the secret of being content and it wasn't a great sex life. Yeah. And so we can't idolize sex to think like you're somehow less than if you don't have a girlfriend, a fiance, a wife, or a sex Mm -hmm. life. Like the key to satisfaction is God, not some gift of God, even if it's as good as sex.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So that's what I want the next generation to know. I think those four things really got it. And it was so cool to hear the feedback from our church of, you know, even elderly people saying, I wish someone would have told this to me when I was 20, Mm. you know. So Mm -hmm. that was cool. I love doing sermon series like that. So,
0: can we get into details then of like what? How do you approach that with kids then? Oh, especially with boys. Like if you've got a son, (laughs) how do I how do I go to my son and start that conversation? Start that healthy. Like how do I get my my son to have or guide my son into a healthy relationship with sex?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, I think verbalizing it you know, letting him know this is something we can talk about. There's going to be no script, right, that we can Mm. give to a parent or a dad or an older brother to say, here's what you say in conversation one or two. But I think if there are conversations, you know, we used to joke about our parents having the sex talk, singular. Yeah. Like, we're going to take a long ride in the truck. It's going to be awkward. We're both going to hope it's over soon. You know, so just Mm. being the kind of people that start young so that this is normal. Like, this isn't some big, scary event. This is just part of what we talk about. So I think verbalizing it and then, Evangelizing it, of just speaking about sex in such a way, and speaking about sexual sin in such a way in our homes and in our churches, that when our kids mess up, because they will—I mean, sex is too powerful to do right perfectly—you know—that they know exactly where to go. They're going to come to Dad. They're going to come to Pastor, because I know he talks about this and he applies the gospel to it. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of nuance in between there. Uh, on Conquerors Through Christ, we actually have a bunch of eBooks and parenting plans, like okay, you know, yeah. by, by what age, like what kind of stuff you can cover. But I think if you're talking and you're talking about Jesus, when you're talking about it, like that's half the battle, right there.
0: Yeah, cool. Hmm. Yeah, and you're right. Like that. um, Thinking about that as a as a teacher in my classroom, you have the same conversation with three different boys, three different ways. Yeah, you know, you can't have the same conversation with the same kid. Hmm. And I I actually, so that actually that kind of goes into like the world will tell you that too. Is if you're genuine, you're gonna treat like that idea of um, you hear communication scholars talking about you're you're the same no matter who you talk to, you know, mm, okay. and you're the same person in the same place, like, and and there's something to that. Um, But then also the idea that Paul was everything to everyone, mm, you know, sure, he was whatever he was, whatever he needed to be in a in given situation. Sure. Yeah. Right. And I, we got to apply that to this conversation too, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Know, know your audience. Yeah. I mean, depending on where you are at a men's conference or talking to a seven-year-old or preaching a sermon or lecturing to parents. I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to be wise about that.
0: All right. So if uh, if you're struggling with pornography, mm. where do you start?
1: Tell someone. Um, start with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, knowing your forgiveness uh, will compel you to come out, but uh, James five sixteen 16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray mm-hmm. for one another so that you may be healed. So I think about that. Mm-hmm. Like before I confessed to anyone else my addiction, I was forgiven. It wasn't like if I would have died in that mm. moment in the middle of the addiction, I would have been condemned to hell, mm-hmm. but I wasn't healed from it. So um, Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who conceals the sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses them and renounces them finds mercy. So all of us want a shortcut, right? We want to get out of the struggle with our reputation intact, and you, you can't have both of them. Mm. If you want to get out of the struggle, you got to humble yourself and put your reputation in front of other brothers. And what you're normally going to find out is instead of, like, saying, ew, they're going to say, me too. Yeah. And you're going to start a real community with a real prayer. And because we're really the sons of God, it's really effective. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I'd say. I mean, there's <clears throat> devotional life and prayer and there's covenant eyes and accountability software. And there's a 100 good tips. But, but mm-hmm. if I had to keep it simple, I'd say confess it to Jesus. Believe you're forgiven. And tell, keep telling someone, yeah, because because that's where things really change.
0: Well, and tricks aren't permanent either. Yep. Like you think about like, as a football player, you know, you can't run a trick play every single play. Nice. Yeah. You know, at some point, you got to put a drive together, and it's going <laughs> to take a while if you're going to get if you're going to get where you want to be. I like that. Um. So yeah, like tricks are great. You can throw in a trick every once in a while. It might help you get over a hump, but tricks aren't going to solve your problem. I like that. You have to. It has to be substantial. And you have to have some meat there. I
1: like that. I want to explore that metaphor. Like. I'm a soccer player, so I don't have this idea. But okay. like your offensive line, like if you just give me yeah. the ball and I'm the running back and I'm right. I'm facing down a team of demons and temptation, like I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna go very far. So right. I need some guys exactly. to block for me and hold that off. And, yeah, and I like my that
0: too. That isn't what I was thinking about. So uh, did you watch the Packer game? Versus, so Packers versus the Patriots a couple of weeks ago?
1: Uh I didn't.
0: You didn't? Okay. Well, so there's two great quarterbacks pitted against each other. Yeah, and there's going to be a whole bunch of people that think I'm wrong, but I'm right. <laughs> I don't care what they say, I'm right. Anyway, um, so there's two great quarterbacks against each other. So you have Tom Brady mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick, who schemers, right? Like they not in a bad way, like in a good way, they're <laughs> they're schemers. They put things together, they come up with a great game plan and off you go. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Packers on the other side who do do what the Packers do mm-hmm. and they beat you. Yeah. We're gonna be better at what we do than you are at what we do. Sure. Right? And that's how they win games. So you have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and this might not be a great analogy because the Patriots ended up winning, but you know, they they run their offense, they did their thing, and they put together a solid drive, and off they went. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Patriots, every time they got in a tight spot, they'd use a trick play or something out of the something out of the ordinary mm. that you don't you normally see, sure. and it's only ever gonna work once, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and or you go back in the day, you think about. Well, tim Tebow at Florida mm-hmm. right the statue of liberty play some of those jump passes that kind of stuff they didn't use those on the 50 yard line <laughs> trying to get trying to get a 20 yard first down you yeah. know yeah. they used those you know in an, in a pinch when they needed a boost yeah. right there like we need something right now yeah, that's and good. you can't fake punt every time it's not a fake punt anymore it's just another play
1: yeah that's good you know yeah so your bread and yeah. butter of just gospel and right continual confession yeah, yeah that, that's and a- every
0: once in a while if you need to get some if you need to pay you know 60 bucks and get six months of of net nanny or something like that yeah. do it um but that's not going to be the thing that solves your problem it's yeah, not going to make your problem go away i like it yeah cool yeah Awesome.
1: Yeah, porn is bad. Jesus is good. Yeah. So let's talk about those two things. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what the healing process? Oh, no. So that was what I was going to ask, is who do you talk to? You hinted at a band of brothers. Where do you start that band of brothers?
1: Um, yeah, You know, on the Concrete Through Christ website, I, I try to explore all the categories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really depends on every guy. I mean, um, Galatians 6 talks about, you know, those of you who are spiritual should bear the burdens of one another. And I think about that. If— if I confess to someone who, who's not going to give me the gospel, mm. but who's just going to lecture me by my lack of perfection with purity.
0: Or someone who's going to validate it, you know, and say, yes. like, hey, who cares, man? It's just live your life. You know, yeah. somebody that's outside of the grace of God.
1: Yeah, t- totally true. So you might have a brother who loves the law and the gospel or not. You might have a dad who knows Jesus well or doesn't. You know, you might have a colleague wherever you work or someone at your church that you can turn to. So let's think about that. Is there someone who takes— a life of sanctification seriously, and they really want to honor God with their body, Mm -hmm. uh, like 1 Corinthians 6, and if uh, Titus 2 is correct, and the grace of God compels us to live self-controlled lives, who's going to give you grace? Um, So my accountability partner is a guy from my church named Shane. So every week we check in, and uh, Mm -hmm. just this past week, Shane and I met, and I remember him saying, like just about everything in life, because I check in and try to be honest with him with finances and my relationships and my church and bitterness and pride and everything else, and uh, he says, he says, I want you to tell me the truth if you fall on your face every day this week and I'm not going to love you any less. And just having mm-hmm. someone like that where whose love is really unconditional, it mm-hmm. it's so freeing to not hide and fake it. Cuz you can start a conversation, but if someone's like a uh, an accountability cop and not like get into your heart with the gospel, yeah. eventually you're going to lie to them. Yeah. I mean, y- you're going to yeah. you're going to fudge the numbers, you're going to forget to confess that. Um, you know, they'll have to force it out of you and it won't come freely unless it's safe. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, who who would I encourage people to reach out to? Um, You know, test the waters with a confession, see how people respond, and take it deeper. And, you know, pray for that. If if there's no one in your life just yet, say, God, I really need help with this. And I'm praying that you would open a door and make someone evident and uh, just have the courage to take that first step. Yeah.
0: And it's testing the waters. You're thinking like a squirt gun, not a, not a fire hose. Right? <laughs> yeah. like You're not turning on a sprinkler and just confessing everything to everybody. Yeah. I'm not grabbing like, the mic from yeah. the
1: pastor on Sunday and saying, Hey everyone, <laughs> I uh, struggle with porn. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. glad you still love me.
0: I know you'll forgive me, but this is what I'm struggling Anyone? with. Today. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> somebody help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if somebody, uh, is really getting, uh, this is Speaking to them, right? Yeah. So somebody saying, "Hey, I need to get on this journey," or you're looking for extra tools on the way. Uh, what can we? Where can we find Conquers Through Christ? Where can we find the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, ConquersThroughChrist.net. Uh, I've learned that we didn't choose the name the best because I've heard like 17 versions. It's conquerors for Christ or conquerors with Christ or conquerors <laughs> because of Christ. Or, I haven't heard of conquerors without Christ just yet, but almost every <laughs> other preposition. So conquerors through Christ, uh, like Romans 8, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yeah, um, You can find tons of free resources. We give everything away. And then uh, the book that I just published is, once again, called From Dirty to Dancing. Uh, I think there's a Kindle version on Amazon or through mph.net, Northwestern Publishing House. So it's a short awesome. read. I know lots of dudes don't like to read, so it's 90 pages. It's um, a
0: shame, man. Reading is like number one.
1: I know. Like, I'll, that's that's I'll love way it. to be it. But I know some pretty godly men who don't yeah. read many books, yeah. and they're not getting right. out of I understand. Park, so, yeah. I understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if people want to get to know you personally or reach out to you personally, where can they find you?
1: Oh, good question. Uh, I have an Instagram account, so at Pastor Mike Novotny is probably the easiest way. Uh, otherwise, go into to the CORE's website, which is 922church.com. You can track me down through there.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Thank you for your time. See you, you again next uh, week. very welcome. God bless awesome. you, man. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content we put out today. If you want to hear more content like this, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. You'll find us. It's a big blue picture with a white cross. It's the Gird Up logo right there. Make sure you're following us on social media. On Instagram, you can find me as bibles beards and creatine hits i know it's a goofy name but it's a good one i enjoy it you can find us on facebook as the gird up podcast and if you still email you can send any emails that you want to send to coach at gmail.com thank you to all the people that make this podcast possible thank you to pippa the awesome hosting site that i get to use thank you to seth palmeyer for our awesome logos and podcast art Um, And thank you to my roommate for putting up with me, my friends and family for encouraging me. Go gird up, guys. Be the man that God created you to be. I hope you have a good one.